From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? It is the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We are back at it this week, and John DeShazer is alongside. The whole gang is here. T-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra, producer Dan, and yours truly, Sean Kelly. We are ready to go. We have a full week ahead of us, and uh, we have a game to talk about finally as the Saints open their preseason schedule against the Chiefs on Friday night. I know you watched that. And Jonathan Stinchcomb will be by a little bit later in the show to give us his breakdown of how the Saints fared in a preseason win. Not that wins and losses matter, J.D., during the preseason, but plenty of things to evaluate. Coach Payton was quite candid over the weekend about how he thought things went, and we'll see what Mr. Stinchcomb has to say. Yeah, well, we know Coach Payton wasn't very happy with the uh, with the special teams, and he wasn't very happy with the uh, with the rhythm of the game in terms of getting the play calls in. But I mean, if you're going to be uh, distressed about anything, it's going to be the coverage units for the special teams, allowing an average of about 45 yards per kickoff return, and uh, also about 18 yards per punt return. Those were soft spots for the Saints last year. And those are spots that they hope to shore up this year and did not get off to a good start doing that. Yeah, we're going to talk to special teams coordinator Greg McMahon. That's going to be a part of tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, which again will come up at 1 p.m. Central Time. Now, you know, we just got off the practice field. There have been two practices since the preseason game, so it, it almost seems like it's a long way back in the rearview mirror. But Stinch will be here to talk about that. We'll also get a national football perspective from Mike Garofolo. He is one of the new uh, national analysts on the football side for Fox Sports 1. We are getting very close to their launch, which I guess is going to be, wow, Sunday the 17th. I think Sunday's the 17th. Actually, it's the Saturday. Saturday is August 17th. That's when Fox Sports 1 will launch, and we get Mike uh, before he starts his duties with them. And then we're going to talk to Kenny Stills today, who uh, was the starting number three receiver for the Saints on Friday night. We'll see if he holds on to that position going into uh, preseason game number two. That is quite a competition. We'll talk to Kenny about that and his uh, unique place in being a part of not only the Houdat chant, but also Boomer Sooner. Only two guys on the Saints roster have been able to share that title. I want to say that Curtis Lofton's the other guy. He's an Oklahoma guy, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he okay. is an Oklahoma guy. So two guys with very unique ch- football chants uh, as a part of their um, NFL and college football experience. So that's a very full show for you today. The Saints signed uh, Patrick Creighton earlier today. He was on the practice field. We're going to get here, get to hear from him in our fifth and final segment. But we have some breaking news to pass along here on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. You know, we had the... NBA regular season schedule come out, what was it, a little over a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah, a little over a week. Well, the preseason schedule is now here, and you're going to hear it first this afternoon on the Black and Blue Report. Of course, this will be out for everybody later on, but we get our first look at it. And there are going to be eight preseason games for the Pelicans. Um, sometimes that's a variable. Sometimes we get seven. This year, eight, and a real marquee game at New Orleans Arena. Uh, as a part of the October exhibition schedule. That is going to be October the 23rd when the Pelicans host the world champion Miami Heat. 
And that, John, is the only game during the preseason that we played at New Orleans Arena. It's a dandy. Well, thank goodness we get around to getting back home. But, yeah, that, it's owed that. We're owed that game, huh, pretty much. You know, starting three straight games, three consecutive games on the road. But, yeah, that's going to be a marquee game now. You know, at that point, you wonder how much Miami is going to play the starters. How much will you actually see LeBron James? Will he even make the trip? However, it is the next to last preseason game. So, you know, let's get the expectations up. Hopefully he'll be in the lineup and we'll get a chance to get a little preview of him. All right, that's the big one. That is, again, Wednesday, October the 23rd at New Orleans Arena. It's the Pelicans in the heat. That is a 7 o'clock tip-off. Let's go back to the start. Camp's going to open right about the 1st of October, and here's how it runs down. First exhibition game will be Saturday. October the 5th at Houston at the Toyota Center, 7 central tip-off for that one. Game 2 of the preseason, also on the road, is on Monday, October the 7th when the Pelicans take on the Dallas Mavericks at American Airlines Center. That is a 7.30 tip-off. Wednesday, the road trip continues at Jacksonville, Florida. This is one of several uh, non-NBA cities featured on the Pelicans' preseason schedule. On Wednesday the 9th, they'll take on Orlando. That's at Jacksonville. That's a 6 p.m. tip-off. And, again, all these games will be on the uh, New Orleans Pelicans radio network. Sunday, October the 13th, will be nearby. Big game on the Gulf Coast. I want to say that's the uh, big rumble weekend over there. And uh, it'll cruising on the coast. That'll wrap up uh, with a Sunday afternoon game in Biloxi at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum against the Atlanta Hawks. 1 o'clock that Sunday with the Saints, John, playing that night in New England. So you're going to get a black and blue Sunday there with not only Pelicans but Saints action too. All right, off to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma on Thursday, October the 17th at the Bank of Oklahoma Center. The uh, Pelicans will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder, 7 p.m. tip-off on that Thursday the 17th. On Saturday, here we go, J.D., October the 19th, Pelicans versus the Wizards at Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. A little homage to uh, to AD, Anthony Davis, taking him home, letting him play at his college town uh, in Lexington. You know, certainly we followed this team last season, and Kentucky fans are everywhere. And uh, we'll greet he and Darius Miller. And John Jerry Wall. Wall. And John Wall. Yep. And John Wall for the, for the Wizards. We'll greet them extremely warmly. And, uh, you know, I'm sure AD will be, be pretty happy to make that homecoming. And then two NBA arenas, we mentioned October the 23rd. That's a Wednesday against Miami at New Orleans Arena, 7 p.m. tip-off. And then the preseason schedule wraps up on Friday, October the 25th. And that is at the Amway Center in Orlando against the Magic. That's a 6 p.m. tip-off. So Houston, Dallas, Orlando, Atlanta, Oklahoma City, Washington, Miami, and Orlando again. Eight preseason games uh, on the docket for the New Orleans Pelicans. I guess we're highlighting, of course, the game against Miami. And then I think we should really hope for a great crowd at Biloxi on Sunday the 13th for 1 p.m. So there you go. It is out now and all the details here soon enough, uh, depending on when you're listening to the Black and Blue Report today, of course, at pelicans.com. Yeah, get a chance. Get in early. Um, come and see this future playoff team. Playoff team this season, I believe. But, no, I think the um, I think the preseason is actually going to be pretty important and pretty good because the Pelicans have those new faces, Tyreek Evans and Drew Holiday. And I think you want to incorporate those guys and see what they have and get your chemistry together. And certainly you can do some of that in training camp and some offseason workouts. But, you know, the preseason games that, that you know, you really want to get a chance, get a good look at these guys on the court against different competition. All right, so there's your big Pelicans news for the day. And we are underway. The Black and Blue Report rolls on when Jonathan Stitchcomb stops by in just a moment.
what makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex? So you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Eric, general manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Cane's is fans' best friend. Fresh, never-frozen chicken fingers, made fresh daily cane sauce, and a friendly Cane's crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Cane's, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. Lotto's all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Yes, sir. Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report continues, and it's uh, time now to take a real good hard look at Friday night's exhibition opener between the Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, one of our regular contributors, he's nice enough to do so, is going to be former Saints lineman John Stinchcomb, who is the analyst on the Saints preseason television broadcast. So here we go. Game number one is in the books, albeit a preseason game, but John is here and ready to go. John, nice job on Friday night. I hope that you enjoyed your first uh, taste of football for this season. Thank you. I had a great time. It was uh, good to get up there and talk some Saints football. I know it was only a preseason, but I'm curious as to get your takes. What did you take away from the 17-13 win over Kansas City? Well, I think what jumped out me out at me first was the defense and some young players that had some opportunities, whether it was in your scheme or uh, – just opportunities because it's a preseason game that took advantage of it. Uh, guys like Tyron Walker, uh, Glenn Foster jumps out at me, some veterans that had been around the league a little while, and Jay Richardson and uh, Baraka. All those guys really t- took advantage uh, of an opportunity that was given to them and made the most of it. I know a lot of fans got upset with that first drive by Alex Smith and the Chiefs saying, oh, my goodness, here we go again with this defense. Is there something to take away from the, the ones versus the ones, or are we making too much of it? Well, it's one series. Uh, you know, it, you can't you know, buy or sell a team based on one series. But you looked at the type plays that, that the Chiefs were running. It was a lot of checkdowns to running backs. I don't think one pass was thrown to a wide receiver that entire drive. Now, granted, you don't want a team to uh, just methodically take it down 80 yards and in with a touchdown on your on any drive, much less your opening drive. But um, 
I think it's probably provided for good film. Uh, obviously, it was the first chance for us to see Will Smith in space as a as an outside linebacker and not a defensive end, and he was matched up in against one of the fastest running backs in the league in Jamal Charles. So uh, it's obviously going to be good film for them to study from and, and make some changes and, and learn uh, from a good preseason game one. John, Coach Payton over the weekend was, um, I don't want to say upset, but was quite open with his uh, criticism of the special teams play on Friday night. Um, were you were you as surprised as it seems Sean was about how things how well it didn't go on special teams on Friday? It's it's disappointing. You want to come out and have a good showing in all phases of the game, but also in preseason, you got to keep in mind that you're you're trying to figure out uh, which players are going to make the team in special teams. So you're going to try a variety of guys, a wide variety of guys, and where that usually shows up first is in coverage. Uh, and on Friday night, that was kind of what was exposed for the Saints. Uh, nothing really glaring in the return games on our end, but in coverage you all have to be on the same page, and that didn't happen on Friday night. You can say that's part of a personnel issue, but definitely something they're going to want to clean up going forward. I think it, it's almost a great, a great time for that to happen in preseason game one so that you can get guys fired up and show them how important it is to uh, take care of your assignment and play in a complementary role with one another. John, you mentioned some names on the defensive side of the ball that fared very well on Friday night. On the offensive side, it seemed like Luke McCown showed very well, except for the interception. Young guys like Nick Toon and Preston Parker also had some nice plays. Um, can you win a roster spot in preseason week one, or does more have to be proven? No, you can't win a roster spot off one game, and especially if it's preseason game one. But what you can do is gain the attention of the coaches. And I think some players were able to do that. Specifically on the, on the offensive side of the ball, you have to be excited about uh, Preston Parker, a name that hadn't been mentioned before preseason game one as a guy that was in the mix. But now he's garnered the attention of not only the fans, but more importantly, uh, the staff as a guy who, who – possibly could be a playmaker for you. Uh, you add in the mix a Kenny Stills and a Nick Toon that, that took advantage of their opportunities. Obviously, Kenny uh, missed one deep early in the game, but I think he did some nice things throughout the game. And then a guy like Andy Tanner, who uh, might be a known commodity among the staff, but I think he also maximized his opportunities with some nice catches and uh, could provide a, a role player utility type player wide receiver that you know any team would be thankful to have more more along the lines of a Lance Moore. John Stinchcomb here on the Black and Blue Report. Good stuff John we can't wait to see you again on Friday as the uh, Saints will get set to host the Oakland Raiders on Friday nights. So we'll see you then. Sounds good Sean. Thanks so much. You Thank you. John Stinchcomb our guest. He's our analyst and he'll be with us each week as we get set to break down games from the New Orleans Saints. More on Black and Blue Report, including a national perspective from Mike Garofolo from Fox Sports 1 when we continue. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? 
Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. The second annual Saints Back to Football Run presented by Chevron will be held on Saturday, August 31st. The 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint Stations, will be on hand to cheer on participants, and a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt, a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bag. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to this Monday program. We are going to get you a little national perspective today and check in with another correspondent from the newly formed Fox Sports 1, which launches on August the 17th. We're right around the corner from that, and we say hello with that to Mike Garofolo, who uh, most recently, I guess, was probably in the New York market with uh, coverage of the Giants, maybe the Jets too, as of last year, uh, working in the newspaper beat there. And now here he is. He's going to be a national NFL correspondent and insider for Fox Sports 1. Mike, congratulations on the new job. We can't wait to see what you all bring us here in the middle of the month. Thank you. We are uh, only a couple of days away now. We launch on Saturday, and uh, uh, the uh, daily football show, Fox Football Daily, will launch on Monday. So that's going to be an hour-long program uh, every day, bringing you everything from around the NFL. Mike, are you a Twitter guy? Uh, I am, yes. Uh, at Mike Garofolo is my Twitter handle. Nice blue check mark next to my name, too, so you know it's me. Oh, verified. Oh, fancy, <laughs> fancy. Uh, very nice. All right, we'll expect people to follow you uh, as we get going here into the NFL season. I, I know that you've been around the country. I know that you're following all the teams on a national perspective. Mike, what's turned your head so far? Well, uh, I, yeah, my, my trips have been limited because we're, we're – um, we're tied in with this with this network here, trying to get this baby off the ground. So, uh, you know, not not quite the camp schedule that let's say I hope to have next year once we're up and operational. But uh, I did get out to San Francisco and and Seattle, and and that was uh, that was a couple of trips that really caught my attention because of of the talent level there. And I know it's not uh, what it should be in San Francisco because of injuries right now. A lot of guys have been. Uh, uh, a lot of guys have been lost to to injury. Well, we'll see if Michael Crabtree is able to come back at some point this year. That'll obviously be big for their offense. Uh, but the, the talent is in on defense still with that team. And up in Seattle, uh, certainly plenty of talent up there because of uh, the depth that they were able to build through free agency. And, and, and you just see so much talent up front and in their secondary. I mean, their, their, their secondary is deep. 
a secondary as I think I've seen over the last, you know, maybe decade in the NFL. I mean, it, it, they've got a guy who's been a top cornerback in Antoine Winfield playing the slot. And they've got a guy who's a former fourth-round pick in Will Blackman who's finally healthy for the first time in his career, and he's on the roster bubble. So I, I just I see plenty of depth there in a league where it's extremely tough to get depth in the secondary because there's just not enough talent to go around. And uh, and, they, and they certainly seem to have it. So I, I think that that's where the balance of power lies in the NFC right now. You mentioned Seattle. You mentioned San Francisco. It just seems to me, Mike, as we get set for the season, that the balance of power is severely tilted toward the NFC. Am I reading that right? Toward the NFC as a whole, you mean? Yes, as opposed to its uh, counterpart. I, don't, I mean, NFC. I don't know. I, you know Denver, I, I, I still worry about uh, Peyton Manning's arm strength a little bit and, and the stuff about you know his, his needing to wear the gloves in the postseason because of the sensation in his hands. That's stuff that still makes me wonder. But if he's healthy and if he's as good as he was last year, I mean, I guess that's what I'm basically looking for. If he's as good as he was last year health-wise, I still think that that team is extremely well built. I think uh, a lot of people are underestimating the ravings, excuse me, uh, and 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 what they're going to be able to do. And and the Patriots, I know that there's been a lot of chaos there, but Tom Brady looked uh, looked excellent to me the other night. And 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 that's you know I know a lot of it had to do with the defense that he was facing in the Eagles, which is a defense that's got a ton of question marks, especially in the secondary. But the precision with which he threw some of those passes the other night. And it shows me that he probably realizes himself that he's not going to have Hernandez, obviously. Uh, Gronkowski, who knows what he's going to get and how healthy he's going to be. And he's working with a young receiving core. I think Tom Brady realizes he's going to have to be precise. And I, I just watched him the other night. and I mean, he was practically think, picking a, uh, a fingernail of a receiver. Uh, that, that's how accurate he was on that one drive that he had. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it's swayed toward the NFC. I, I see talent in the NFC and, and, and some really good rosters there as well. Good take, Mike. Hey, we're into now preseason um, game number two. I guess everybody's now completed that first preseason game. As we get set for stuff that will start again here, I guess, on Thursday, what are some of the things that we should have our eyeballs on as we move into this next phase of NFL training camp across the country? Well, I think now you're going to start to see some quarter, quarterback uh, uh, battles start to develop. And, uh, you know, to me it's still E.J. Manuel up in Buffalo. To, to me, he was the guy coming in. I know people thought Kevin Cobb uh, was going to end. It's not over yet, but uh, people people liked Kevin Cobb as far as the veteran uh, experience that he had. But to me, it was E.J. Manuel's job to lose. And in New York, I think it was Mark Sanchez's job to lose, and I still think it is. And much as he threw a disaster uh, of, a, of a pass on that screen pass that was picked off and taken back by Ziggy Ansah, he did respond, and he made some good throws the rest of that game. And it's good to see him have some resiliency because that was an issue with him last year. And then he moved down to Philly, and, and Michael Vick was excellent the other night. And he was the guy for me who was in the lead and has been in the lead the whole way. I still think he's in the lead. Uh, so nothing has changed there. But now you're going to start to see these things get firmed up a little bit more through the second and third preseason game. But uh, uh, if if Geno Smith is going to make a run at Mark Sanchez, it's going to be this week because he's expected to start this game against the Jaguars. And he came back from that ankle injury the other night, looked a little gimpy the other day, but you know he, he realizes what this week and, and, and what this game coming up means to him. So uh, that's the only thing that I think that could shake, shake things up and change things here is if he's able to play uh, really well here. 
Mike Garofolo of Fox Sports 1, great stuff today. Mike, as, as you ascend to the heights of national TV, I hope that we can lean on you from time to time to get some good perspective. You got it, absolutely, anytime. You got it. Mike Garofolo, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue after these messages. This is Eric, general manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Cane's is fans' best friend. Fresh, never-frozen chicken fingers made fresh daily cane sauce and a friendly Cane's crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Cane's, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. A message from Mr. Monopoly. Hello again. Since teeming with the Louisiana Lottery to give away part of my vast fortune for the Monopoly scratch-off game, I've been tickled pink that the winner bell has been ringing so frequently. There's a winner right now. Oh my, another winner. (laughs) Jimmy, perhaps it would be wise to check the winner bell once more just to be sure. You could win up to $100,000. Play the Monopoly scratch-off game for real money. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro and is used with permission. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We've been talking a lot about Kenny Stills, and now we finally get him on the program, get to talk to him. And the first thing i got to ask you is you've been a part of two of the most unique chants in football history, Boomer Sooner and now Hudat. Um, I don't think there's many that have been a part of both. No. Uh, you know, me and, and Curtis Laughlin and I, uh, you know, have that special bond, and uh, it's great. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm happy. I'm blessed. Bob Stoops and Sean Payton. Compare and contrast playing for each of those guys. Uh, it's a little bit of the same. I mean, they're both very fiery coaches, uh, very smart, and, uh, you know, lead their teams, you know, the right way, and, and you know, a lot of people look up to them. So, um, you know, it's great. I've had a, a really great opportunity to, you know, play for both of them. When did it hit you Friday that you were stepping onto the NFL stage? Um... I would say during the national anthem. That was the first time I think I've been on the field to hear the national anthem, so um, or the Star Spangled Banner, and just just to hear it, you know, and be able to stand there and close my eyes and pray, you know, it was the first time for me, and uh, that's when I kind of realized that you know my dreams were coming true. Were you nervous? Uh, I would say it's a little bit of you know nervous and excitement, uh, just to get out there and want to make plays, want to prove yourself, um, you know, to your teammates and lots of the coaches, and uh, you know it's, it was different for me just because I was out there with the ones. So um, it was a different situation, but just more excited than anything. There's been some time now since the game. I know you've thought about it. I know you've watched film. So now how would you evaluate your, your performance the other night? The same. Um, you know, a, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, more bad than good. And, um, you know, it's just some of those young 
young bull mistakes, I, I call them, you know, just being too excited, um, you know, not having my eyes in the right place, not finishing some catches, um, you know, just just those things, those first game jitters. So I'm happy it's behind me and and uh, I'm excited to get back out here and work. What's your quarterback been telling you here over the last couple of days as far as continuing your growth? Just to continue to work. Um, you know, it's great, you know, having Drew uh, just after practice, knowing you know he's going to want to work with me after you know offense and defensive meetings, you know sitting in the in the quarterback room with him, um, you know he's he's doing everything he can to make sure I'm prepared, and I'm doing everything I can to make sure I'm prepared. Do you feel like you're in a position battle? I mean, because we've been talking about the the fact that the the number three receiver spot has been open, so there seems to be some juking and jiving trying to get that spot. Do you feel like you're in a in a in a competition? Yeah, I mean, you know, every day when we come out here. You know, we've got so many guys and we're only keeping so many guys. So I kind of know that. And um, I just think about doing my job. You know, that's all I can do. I'm not in any control of, you know, who they keep and who's starting and who's not. I've just come out here from day one and, you know, done what the coaches have taught me to do and told me to do and know the playbook. And, um, you know, I've, I've got this opportunity and I'm trying to do the most, you know, if I can to, to continue to be out there and be that guy. You seem relaxed about it. I think some guys in that situation might see as a, a ball dropped as a really like a big event or moment you seem to be pretty steady through this whole thing um you know i i take dropping balls pretty serious so it's it's something that's serious to me and i, I wouldn't say that i kind of you know push it under the rug but um you know i've i felt like i've been waiting for this opportunity my whole life and something that um you know i've dreamed about so i know that i have to relax and go out there and just do my job and, and let the let the game come to me you come from a big football school. Guys like Andy Tanner come from schools that most people have never even heard from. Is there an advantage to playing at a at a large football school like OU, or do you find that there's really a wash when you get to the NFL? Um, you know, I would say we have. I wouldn't say there's an advantage, but just I mean, there's some things that we're used to. You know, playing in front of a huge crowd. We played in front of 85,000. You know, every every Saturday, always sold out. Um, a lot of big games. You know, we come from a college program where every game you must win if you want to go to national championship. So uh, that's an advantage. But I mean, I'm, everybody responds to the game differently. So you never really know. And um, you know, I, I still made some mistakes on on Friday. You know, and Andy did make some some mistakes. So it just it just depends. All right. Last thing for maybe the camp will break at the end of the week. Be honest. Are you ready to be done with living in a team hotel? <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I've been in a hotel now since uh, like January, since we got out of school. So combine training um, all the way till now. So I don't mind the hotel. I don't mind somebody uh, coming in and making my bed every day. Kenny, it's good to meet you. Thanks for the visit. Appreciate it. Kenny Stills with us on the Black and Blue Report. Here we'll be right back after these messages. Somewhere in a town like the one you're in, there is a person like you headed to a store to buy Bud Light. However, these Bud Lights give you a chance to win prizes that are best described as music firsts, like Monster DNA headphones, access to tracks and merchandise from today's hottest artists, and even tickets to one of Bud Light Music First's history-making 5051 concerts on August 1st. But before people like you can win, they need to head to a place where Bud Light is sold. It's finally here, Bud Light Music First. Enter the code inside specially marked packages of Bud Light for your chance to win one of over 500,000 music prizes all summer long. Visit BudLight.com slash Music First for rules and more information. Bud Light Music First. It's the sound of history being made. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Ends 8-15-13. Play without purchase. Mail your name, email address, and age to Music First Game. P.O. Box 753-726, El Paso, Texas, 88575. Void where prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. St. Louis, Missouri. 
Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Wow, some good stuff today. Our thanks again to Jonathan Stinchcomb, Mike Garofolo, and uh, Kenny Stills today for their participation in the Black and Blue Report. Again, if you missed it in our first segment, we had that Pelicans preseason schedule announcement. That can be found in detail on Pelicans.com. Before we get out of here, again, as we mentioned in our first segment, we have just come off the uh, practice field for this uh, Monday, and that, of course, uh, is the next to last, the penultimate open practice during this training camp. Tomorrow's practice is closed. Wednesday is open in the morning, and that is it. Final practice at the uh, public can attend for 2013 training camp. With that being said, as I slowly get to this point, Chaser, J.D., highlights from practice today. What, what stuck out? Well, if you missed today's practice, you missed the short yardage situation um, especially the first-team offense against the first-team defense. They actually split six attempts, and uh, the defense actually had two wins on the first two plays. They uh, stuffed Mark Ingram uh, pretty well on the running play, so they looked pretty good. Then the offense got three consecutive wins before the before the defense pulled out another win on the pass play. All of, the, all of them were third and one situations, so you like to see that. Now the second-team offense and third-team offense actually had a great little run going where they converted six consecutive before they were were stopped and 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 especially Traveris Cadet had a couple of runs had a nice dive over the top where he converted some third and one so you like to see that effort I think Coach Payton was talking about him today said he was a little bit more of a runner than he knew about obviously Coach Payton wasn't with the with the team last year so didn't get a chance to evaluate him but we saw some decent short yardage situation and also we saw a highlight catch from Nick Toon in which he you know twisted a couple of times adjusted a couple of times to a pass caught it as he was falling on his back really really nice adjustment to see from Nick Toon. Did I see Jonathan Vilma out there today? How much did he go? John Vilma was out there working. Um, he worked in team drills. He worked in some individuals. So he looks like he might be a go for Friday. Again, we have no idea whether he actually will be, but he was out working with the team. We saw Pierre Thomas running on the side as well as Junior Gallette. Marcus Colston did not work at all, did not do any running on the side, did not do any team or individual drills, did not have on any pads whatsoever. So we're still going to monitor his situation because we thought when he came back last week and practiced with the pads, he might be ready to go. But obviously he is not a go yet. But, yes, Jonathan Vilma did rejoin practice today. Notable personnel move today is the uh, Saints signed free agent veteran uh, Patrick Creighton to the roster today. Creighton will wear number 86 here in camp. That's uh, the former number of um, Brent, Leonard. Brent Leonard, who was released as a part of this transaction. Uh, Creighton's been out of the league, has not played since 2011. He is a veteran, though, and he thinks that his previous 
time with Sean Payton in Dallas and from the others on this Payton staff that are have ties to Bill Parcells and Dallas. He thinks that'll help in a quicker transition than you might think here this late in camp. I think it'll be good. Like I said, you know, you never realize how many people you've met over the years until you get here. Then I was like, I didn't know you were here. I didn't know you were here. So it's good to see familiar faces. All right, so Creighton's here, J.D., and uh, that's about the only other notable personnel news today. And we'll have a full report coming up later today on NewOrleansSaints.com with our New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap. we got to get out of here. We are probably way over time. Producer Dan's probably just going to drop the hammer on us with regard to the length of the show, but it's a good one. Lots of good news today and some great guests. Don't forget to tell your friends that you can now download the Black and Blue Report for free on iTunes. Get it to your mobile device. Otherwise, the usual avenues at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Brand new edition for you tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. We're actually going to talk, I think, a little Tulane football tomorrow. We'll do some LSU later in the week as well. And special teams will be a focus with Greg McMahon as one of our guests on tomorrow's program. That'll do it for us, Producer Dan. And for J.D., I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.